0: Spirit. Uh, you know, we're going to go to John 14, so we're going to stay in that. If you want to just open your Bible, we're going to stay in that chapter, right? And, and Jesus said, uh, let not your hearts be troubled. Now, he was talking in the previous one about the fact that he's, he's leaving, getting ready to leave. They didn't understand it. None of us would have at that point. But, but he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Now, this is interesting also. Don't allow yourself to live in fear. <laughs> Amen? Fear is a weapon of the enemy, And fear comes when we have the unknowns, you know, what's going to happen. But you have to resist fear in your life. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. So, things that you face, things, everything, everybody does something for the first time. And the first time you do something, it's, it might be a little nervous or whatever. But, for Jesus telling the disciples, don't let your heart be troubled. And the key to that, then, is believing in God and believing in Jesus Christ. All right, so... So what does that mean? Well, we're going to go back to the promises in the Bible. So we see all the things happening in the world today. Let's go back to the promises in the Bible. Let's anchor ourselves in what the Word of God says. You can't anchor yourself in what the world says. You can't anchor yourself in what the government says. You can't anchor yourself in anything else. Nothing else is an anchor. Everything else you'll just blow around on. So you have to anchor yourself in the Word of God. Amen. So you believe in God, believe in me. So Jesus is the word. So you've got to anchor yourself in the Word of God. Then he says, of course, he's trying to reassure them, In my father's house are many mansions, I go to prepare a place for you. Uh, This is very interesting. This is for all believers, of course. He's going, he's preparing a place for us. You know, after this life is it's a good life coming up here, right? (laughs) Uh uh What was the guy what was the guy, his wife was encouraging him, you know, and having him eat all the healthy foods and all the things he didn't like and so forth so that he would live longer. And uh, finally, she died and he died and he got to heaven. He said, man, if I hadn't done all that, I could have got here a lot sooner, you know, <laughs> to enjoy heaven, you know. But you had me eat all these things. But he, he, uh, the Lord is preparing a place for each of us. That's a place in heaven. That's a place in paradise. And then he says, I'm going to go, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. Notice what he says, I will come again. Now, we don't know when he will come again. I, uh, you know, people get so caught up in end time stuff or even the rapture. Anybody who knows anything about the Bible should understand we're in the end times, right? And the end times began at the day of Pentecost. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. So that's when the clock started ticking for the day of Pentecost, or the end times. Then, well, think about today. All the things happening today and so forth. Uh, obviously, Jesus is coming back. When is He coming? We don't know. So, it, but people want to get like, when does the rapture here? When does it have to happen? When does this happen? I tell you what, just live your life for Jesus, <laughs> and you'll be ready. You know, we st- back in college we thought He was coming then. Well, that's over fifty years ago. You know, so, so, uh, and He hasn't come yet, but He's coming. So He says, "I will come again." Now, this is a promise, promise to us. I'll receive you to myself. Where I am, there you may be also. So we're going to be with Jesus. Just like he said to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. He's coming again. He's got a place for us. It's all good. Hallelujah. So we'll go to the next verses. And so now in these next verses, he said, he's trying to tell him, you should know where I'm going. And Thomas said, how are we going to know that? How are we going to know where you're going? And this is key, you know, because on this side of life, none of us have been to heaven. You know, so we don't, we haven't been there, we haven't experienced, I mean, we experienced his presence, but to experience heaven is a whole other deal, you know, and, and uh, he said, he said, you should know the way, well, you should know that, and the way is in Jesus, so you just want to experience Jesus, because that's who's in heaven, right? So he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. Now, the simplicity of scripture, you're always safe with scripture. The world would say there's many ways. The world would say there's many gods and so forth and many paths of enlightenment. But you want to just hang on to the simplicity of Scripture that just says Jesus is the way. People will say, well, that's really narrow. No, that's just really biblical, <laughs> right? It's really biblical to believe that Jesus, Jesus, the name above all names, is the way. And then notice what it says. That's the truth, and that's the life. So if you want truth, always go to Jesus. you want life, you go to Jesus. And, and Jesus makes this statement. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, what are most, a lot of denominations, what do they do with this? Well, they, they, dis, they actually discard the Bible. So, you know, I've been in the ministerial meeting years ago, and they said, Dave, you can't believe, you can't believe everything you're reading there. And I'm looking at them like, you're kidding. You know, but they, that's what they've learned now through their, Schools and stuff. And I'm thinking, no, I think this is safety. Stay with the Bible. Stay with what the Word of God says. And don't make it complicated. Someone may want to argue. I'm not going to argue. Whatever. You want to try a different paths and enlightenment, that's up to you. But the Bible says Jesus is the way. And no one is coming into that place of paradise except through him. Well, there's not a discussion It's because people people will want to argue and say things and say, well, that I just I believe that verse six, you know. So if you stay with that, well, then you're not giving them your opinion. Turn to your neighbor and say, your opinion doesn't matter. Tell your neighbor, your opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your opinion. What matters is the word of God. Yes, yes, I believe this and so forth. I might have opinions, but it's the word of God. That stands. End of topic, you know. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> right? Just end of topic. That's, that's kind of how it goes. So if we've been there, if we're with Jesus, then it's like, oh, there's such security, such strength in knowing him, such peace in knowing him. Wow. Really wonderful. Little, let's go to the next verse in a second. So we're in John chapter 14. Now, Jesus said, if you've known me, you've known the Father also. Now, let's put it this way. If you know Jesus, you'd know God. Okay, If you know Jesus, you'd know who God is. Now, he's given a real comparison here. And he said, he said uh, Philip said, show us the Father. Just show us the Father. And Jesus said, I've been with you a long time, Philip. If you've seen, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. Let's put it this way. If you've seen Jesus... Then you've seen God. So, of course, again, in our world, what is, what is God like? Well, look at Jesus Christ. Simplicity of it, right? Look at Jesus. Now, let's look at Jesus, how he treated people. Because people get wrapped up in the Old Testament. And all the things that went there and so forth like that. And they miss Jesus. They miss who God really is. That he's a good God. He's a wonderful God. He's a wonderful Father. So if people get buried in the Old Testament, well, he killed all those people and he did all this, he pronounced those judgments. And of course, we've got, we've got a pile of Christians today who want to pronounce judgment on everybody, you know. Uh, someone talked about, someone mentioned to me about Christian nation. We have Christian laws, and I said to them, and I said, uh, who's going to make those laws? Tell me, who's going to make up all those laws? Because you'll have some Christians, man, they're throwing people in prison and they're, they're executing people and they're doing all that. Why? Because it's Old Testament. Better be careful what you say here. Wow. That's dangerous. Talk. We're going to have Christian laws. We're going to make people do this. Folks, Christianity has never made people do things. It's a choice to follow Jesus. It is a choice to live for God. We don't make people serve him. That's what all the other religions of the world do. That's how Islam gets their con- converts, because it says, you confess Allah or we kill you, or take off your head. That's how they get their converts. Christianity doesn't do that. Christianity isn't pushing people, you've got to get to the cross. And... Christianity doesn't do that. Here's an uh, uh, invitation. Always was that way with Jesus. If someone didn't want to follow him, Okay. He didn't berate them. He didn't condemn them. They didn't want to follow him. Okay. Think of the thousands and thousands of people who Jesus fed and healed and delivered and set free who never followed him. They never followed him. And you don't see him on the cross. All right, now, Father, as I've died for all these others, you get them that didn't follow me. Never see that. See him forgiving people. Loving people. The grace of God. So he's telling Thomas, look at Thomas, you've seen how I treat people. You see how I act toward people. You see my compassion. You see all those things. To people caught in gross sins. Then you've seen God. Then you've seen the heart of God. That's pretty, pretty neat, isn't it? We were talking about the Holy Spirit, but it is that Spirit that lives in us as believers. It is that spirit that we have to yield to. The world is trying to get us to yield to a different spirit. Religion tries to get people to yield to a different spirit. Harsh spirit or judgmental spirit or so on. No, no, no. You always want to yield to the Holy Spirit. You always have to remember, we are under a covenant of grace. Hallelujah. Covenant of grace. Someone sent us a long email, you know, about the Sabbath and all the... Old Testament verses, you've got to observe the Sabbath, you've got to do the Sabbath, you've got to do all those things. And I'm thinking, boy, that person is bound. Not a person from this church, just that, but just someone's, you know, we get things unsolicited all the time. And you think, that's very sad. Because Jesus, Jesus would be your Sabbath. <laughs> Jesus is your all in all. And so you come to him and you live in him and there's something about this. Oh, thank you, Lord God. It's this wonderful relationship. And I think Thomas's eyes, of course, were opened to see that. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, and we say it now, you've seen God. A lot of the world, a lot of the Christian world just needs to read the Bible, right? But when I got saved, I don't know, I don't know why. I suppose somebody at some point had said, read the Gospel of John. And so I did. Wonderful book. Hallelujah. This life-changing book of many things, a great way to start is the Gospel of John as far as a new believer. But but in doing that, you're introduced to who he is and who the Holy Spirit is. Really good. I think of what I deserved and what I got. <laughs> I know what I deserved as a sinner, but I know what I got as a believer. You know, is grace. That's what we want to offer to people. Right? That's what you want to offer to people. Why? Because that. Is the heart of the Father. Jesus is saying this here. You can't, you can't get a prophetic word and go outside the word of God. I mean, a true prophetic word cannot go outside the word of God. A true prophetic word cannot be out here pronouncing judgment on people. It can't do that. It goes outside the word of God. So when you stay in Scripture, you know, then you're going to get a prophetic word of how God is trying to reach people. Yes. Trying to reach people, bless people. So if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. Now let's go to the next verses there, down a ways. So, so it says, anyone who believes in me as Savior will do the things that I do. Let's stop there for a second. So we stop and we think signs, wonders, and miracles. But let's, let's just pull back again to say, if you believe in Jesus, you're going to love people like he loves them. So you're going to do the things that I do. What did he do? He loved people, right? That's the Holy Spirit. The, the fruit of the Spirit that begins with love, but the, that fruit growing in us is going to always lead us to do that. And believe me, I have my flesh too. And there's sometimes, you know, you get like, I don't like this, you know, or something. But but then you got to lean into the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit loves people, right? Holy Spirit loves people. You know, I was witnessing to a guy yesterday, and I was just thinking this guy had been burned through so many ways through the Catholic Church and different things, and now he's now he believes everything, you know, all kinds of stuff. But you just gotta lean into the Holy Spirit to say how much Jesus loves you to this guy, you know. See, he's never known a relationship, he's just new harsh religion. So, so anyone, notice anyone, if you believe in Jesus Christ. You're going to do the things that he does, right? Now he says, you'll do even greater things than these. Now that doesn't mean outside the bounds of Scripture. It just means that there's going to be more things that you're going to do. Why? There's more of us, right? So, so if there's all of us, we're like Jesus. Think of, think of the millions of people that should be millions of, so to speak, Jesuses. With the character of Jesus, heart of Jesus, power of Jesus, power of the Holy Ghost, Right? So think about how much more can be accomplished if if we're all leaning into that Holy Spirit. So we can do, with his help, greater things in extent and outreach because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name as my representative. This I will do. Now keep in mind, what are we asking him to do? I, I, my, my prayers have changed through the years. They just keep modifying as I lean into his heart like, Oh, Lord, you're so God. I know you treat me. I know how you want me to treat others. So consequently, I'm praying for people to experience his love. Praying for people to, that their eyes would be open to his love, his grace, his goodness. Because, because he's going to the Father, we're asking him to do things now as his representative. He's asking us, to do things now. We always think about signs, wonders, and miracles, healings that's good, but wholeness is even better. <laughs> like the, the, the one uh, leper out of the ten who got saved was made whole, whole coming back to Jesus. Ten were healed, but one comes back and is made spiritually whole. So I'm going to the Father. He says, he "He will do greater things to the extent of outreach, because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name as my representative. This I will do, so that the Father may be glorified and celebrated in the Son. If we went back a chapter or so, and he says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That's how I want you to love people. Well, think fit that in there now. That, that kind of fits in that whole atmosphere. The Father's glorified in the Son. The Father's glorified in us because we're doing what he asks us to do. You can't, you can't hardly find Christians. that love Christians. You've got Christians, they're fighting one another. Churches are fighting one another. People are doing all... Christians, they, they go to war and they kill their own wounded, you know. It's a very sad deal. Very sad deal. Let alone loving the world. So you can see why the world, even nowadays, is not very threatened by the church. you got the church saying a lot of things, but let me just tell you, there's not much power. And there's not much power because it doesn't come in line with the Word of God. You don't have people concerned, like, oh, wow, they prophesied this. They're kind of like, oh, another kook said that. That's how people look at the church. Sad, very sad. They should see us, the heart of Jesus, the heart of compassion, caring about the world. Right? Yeah, caring about the world. So, so uh, the Father is glorified. I'm going to the Father. You ask this. The Father is glorified and celebrated in the Son. If you ask anything in my name as my representative, I will do it. Powerful. Love it. So I think of Jesus, you know, his heart, his heart for people, his heart for this world, his heart for how he wants to touch people. Amen? How is he going to do that? It's through us. Join your neighbors, through you. <laughs> so whether it's in the store tomorrow or tonight or whatever, it's in the store or it's at a gas station or it's on your job, how, how you act and react to people Is a testimony of who lives in you, right? Because I mean, I can I can have someone say, "I believe anything. I don't like this and this and this and this." Go all their thoughts. Okay, fine. How am I going to react to that? Jesus loves you. That's kind of a different reaction, but that's the way it is, right? You're not going to win people by arguing. Not going to win people by arguing. You're going to win people through the love of Jesus. We're not going to we're not going to get them to back somehow back into heaven, you know, by fear and torment or different things. No, we're win them with the love of Jesus. The goodness of God will lead people to repentance. The goodness of God will lead people to repentance. God is so good. God loves you so much. It's powerful. Listen to this morning, even just in the radio, there was their program, and they were talking to an Avera official, you know, health official, and so forth. And, of course, the number one killer of young people, 19 and under, is suicide. And suicides, more and more suicides are being completed every year in our state. I'm talking about our state. Think about that. Think about how people need Jesus. You can say, well, that's young people. And it's older people, too. (laughs) It's everybody. Right? Right? And who are they? Well, there are people around us who've got something ticking in their head that you can't see. But I'll tell you what, God always can give you a powerful word of love toward other people. Just to say that somebody cares. I think I said this before. I've got a pastor friend in Sioux Falls. His daughter was a student at Washington High School. and There was a school at, at, of course... You know, there are all kinds of students like this. But this is druggie. He was way out there, wild, all these things like that. And uh, uh, this one particular day, his daughter going to school. She was a senior. This guy was a senior. She goes to the guy. She greets him. She smiles at him. She says just how important his life is. So that's it. Just something through the hallway, off. The graduation day came a few months later. And the guy wrote her a note. And he passed her a note. And he said, That day, I was going to kill myself, because I knew nobody cared about me. And your interaction in my life in that hallway changed my life, and he didn't kill himself. And he graduated from high school. You don't know. You don't know how much power you have. Think about it, the power you have. The power you have is the love of God. That's power, right? It's not your power, but it comes through you. It doesn't come through you unless you open your mouth. Unless you say something or do something. That's how it comes through us, right? Amen. I mean, I can sit there, I can sit there, you know, and be praying, you know, and so forth about different things. And you know, someone ought to say something. You no, know, it comes through us when we do something. I think many times I'm the answer to my own prayer. Many times, when it comes to people, your family, you're the answer to your family. Think about that. You're the answer to your family. Your family is your family. You're the answer to the people you know. You're the answer to your co-workers. I mean, I don't, I'm not where you're at. We're all in different places. So, you become that answer. Jesus working through you Ask anything in my name. Don't make it complicated because he'll just tell you to do something like, hey, Jesus loves you. You might just say, hey, I'm praying for you. You see what happens. It's a fun life. It really is a fun life. You'll get all kinds of responses. Good, bad, indifferent, or whatever. But it it is amazing. And many times we find that people tear up and stuff like, thank you, you know. Because people aren't hearing in the world. Parents don't even compliment their kids. Parents are AWOL most of the time in this world today. So for young people to compliment them or somebody else, people have never heard a compliment in their life. you got grown people in nursing homes that feel like they were never loved by their own families. It's very sad. Who loves us? Jesus. Who are we? His representatives. His representatives. Amen? Okay, so chapter 14, verse, well, next verse, 16. So Jesus said, I'm going to give you a helper. Now, thank God for a helper. <laughs> Holy Spirit comes alongside of us. That he'll live with us forever. Hallelujah. He's the spirit of truth, which means it's going to correspond with the Bible. Right? So it's going to correspond with the Bible. Holy Spirit... I love the move of the Spirit. I love God touching people's eyes. But it will correspond with the Bible. Always glorifies Jesus Christ. So it's the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot receive it. Why? Because it's a holy spirit. The world isn't holy. The world is very unholy. So the world can't receive it. The world doesn't even see Jesus. Doesn't even know Jesus. But, notice what it says. You know him. So the world, the world isn't thinking... I really want to know God. I want to know Jesus. I mean, most people aren't. You know what I mean? But you know him. I know him. And he dwells with us and he's in us. So therefore, we're like, we're showing up like, you're showing up in your job or your neighbors or whatever, like you're showing up as Jesus. The Holy Spirit. Showing up to let him use you. Let him use you for his glory. Let him... Maybe he'll give you a word or something like that. It's not You don't want to make it complicated, right? But he'll help you. Notice this this again, verse 16. He's a helper. Well, God knows I need help. God knows I need, you know, trust him for all kinds of things, you know. I mean, sometimes you think, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? God knows we need help. Okay, help me, Lord. But if you take a step of faith... He'll meet you. You got to take a step of faith, though, and usually that means opening your mouth, doing, saying something, or whatever, holding the door for somebody, being nice. So those those are good things. Let's go to the next verse. We just got a couple more verses here. So the helper. So so the Father's going to send that helper now. When did it when did it come? Well, the Holy Spirit was sent on the day of Pentecost. So now, I mean. This is available to any anybody in the world, of course. You get born again, you have the Holy Spirit, and this helper will teach you. Once you see this, say all things. He's going to teach you all things. So we don't have to be ignorant. And even I don't have to say, I don't know what to do. No, the Holy Spirit will show me what to do. He'll teach you and me. He's a helper. He's a teacher. Now, if we were getting tutored uh, with an instructor or whatever, the tutor would privately help us to understand a problem or the topic that we're going through. And you would listen and say, hey, that I didn't see that. That's good. Same with the Holy Spirit. When you sit down to read, wherever you do that, and you should be doing that, hallelujah, <laughs> but when you sit down to read, you have to understand you have a tutor, a teacher, that's there with you. And he's gonna tutor you. He's gonna we can't think, oh, I've read that before, I've read that before, I know those things. No, no, no. There's so many times i read like I didn't see that word in that verse. Just some will stick out it's like, oh wow, that kind of makes a whole other light on it. So he'll tutor you to show us things, each one of us, how he wants to be as, how he wants us to be like him, right? That we're supposed to be like him, right? Yeah, we're his his representatives. We are his ambassadors. We are his children. So he'll teach us, and then it says he'll bring to your remembrance all things that he said to us. So, obviously, we read things, but then sometimes, all of a sudden, here comes something like, oh, that's right. And you think about a verse or something, it just comes alive. comes back to you. tells you maybe what you should do. So we have this helper, we have this teacher, who will teach us and instruct us and show us things. One more verse. Let's go to the next last verse, Jeremy. So he says, peace I leave you. Notice now, this is not a natural peace. So the world is fighting for this peace. I've got an old painting in my office. Uh, years ago, I was in New York City in 1970. And I was at the United Nations, and I saw the General Assembly and so forth like that. And later I get saved. And so some point after that, I got this picture. And it shows the United Nations building, which is supposed to be for world peace. But then it shows Jesus on the outside knocking, <laughs> trying to get in. You know, So they want, they want peace, but they're not letting the Prince of Peace in. It's a my you can see it. It's really a neat, neat picture. I haven't seen it. Any other place for years, decades, but it's nice one. I'm hanging on to it. So so the natural peace of the world is based on these relationships of compromise and so forth. It's based on money. It's based on, you know, whatever you have to comfort your life that makes you feel peaceful. But it's temporary. Everything is temporary in this life. People don't like to hear it that, hey, you're going to die. (gasps) Oh <gasps> you know. Well you're going to die. It's just true. you are everybody is because they're peace they want they want to think they've got all these things you know that will bring them security. Who was it? Somebody said people ruin their health to make money, and then they give away their money to get their health back when they're old and And uh that's a lot of America, you know. So they're getting money and so forth like that. Workaholics and they got all these things. We were sitting outside the other day, or sitting in our sunroom. It was calm. It was peaceful. We ch- we chat and then we just, you know, listen. Looked at the sky. Like it sat there for like an hour and a half. And I just thought, you know, how many people even sit in a porch anymore? Everybody has all these things, but. No time to use those things, you know. The peace of God is, goes beyond all this stuff, right? So it doesn't... I've had the peace of God when I had no money. <laughs> I've had the peace of God when I had very bad doctor reports. Uh, we've maintained the peace of God. You know, I'm addicted to peace. You want to be addicted to peace. That no matter what's happening, it's like, whoa, I'm addicted to peace. I just got that, you know. So Jesus said, I'm going to give this to you Not as the world gives, but I'm going to give it to you. In other words, all we've got to do is receive it, but we've got to understand it's in him. He's the Prince of Peace, right? So it's in him. It's in this relationship. It's in just knowing him. I don't have to know the future. I don't have to know what's going to happen next week. I don't know what's going to happen in the next election. I don't know what's going to happen going on in the world. I don't have to know that. All I need to know is Jesus. All I need to know is that my security is in him. you got Christians like, we've got to buy gold. You know, someone contacted me, you should be buying gold, Dave. You should take money and put my gold. It's like, thank you. You can do whatever you want, but your peace, though, has to be in Jesus. That's where it has to be. And, and, the, and otherwise, you're troubled, right? So Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Notice the next step. If it's troubled, then it brings fear. Neither let it be afraid. Heart gets troubled. Troubled, why? Because if we don't look at Jesus, now we're looking at circumstances and things. We get troubled and pretty soon fear sets in and you've got to take a pill to sleep. So this is our job now. Peace, but it says let not. That's a responsibility. Each one of us. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. And any of us can't. Of course, you can watch the news and say, oh, well, what's going on? And said, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to keep my eyes on you, Jesus. Right? Don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. That worry isn't going to help you. But Jesus will. Well, I don't understand what's going to happen. I don't either. Don't have to. <laughs> there's really, there's really uh, security in that. Just knowing Jesus. He will take care of you and I. He will take care of you and I. You don't have to understand it. This is is good for Americans because we get all wrapped up in all the things that we think make us secure and it could be gone tomorrow. Sadly, you see things that happen like in Hawaii. But folks, that happens all around the world all the time. We just don't hear about it. Christians even being attacked or killed. We don't hear about all those things. But Jesus is our peace. Amen? And we know where we're going. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Amen? So let's, let's just put out our hands here a second. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you. You are our helper. You are a teacher. You are our strength. You are a counselor. You are the one who comforts us. And Lord, we choose to fix our eyes on you and your word. And we thank you. We will not be troubled. We are not going to be afraid of whatever is going on in the world. But Lord, we thank you. You're bigger than it all. So Jesus, we see you. We thank you for your love. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit, to act like you. Help us, Holy Spirit, to love people around us, Lord. With beginning, right, their families, but also Everybody we know, help us to love people. Help us to use our social media to express that, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, just for working in us now tonight and coming days. We thank you for the great plans you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. Great night tonight. Fresh fire went bowling. How about that? I learned something tonight. I said to Roger, bowling shoes are always so slippery. And he said, well, they're supposed to be, so you can slide. Our God is an awesome God. He from heaven above. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at at brookings.net